Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the last day of 2019, and here on Fantasy Sports Today, we're ready to bring to you all the highlights from the past year, the past decade, and some things to look forward to in 2020. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. Toward the end zone, it is Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. Fires up the middle, pass is caught by Owens. Owens made the catch. <laughs> Pass is caught. Diggs sideline touchdown. Unbelievable. Toss to White. He's in. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Good afternoon. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. The countdown is on until 2020. The countdown is on for our last show here in the. Uh, Year of 2019, Craig Bish and Joe Pizapia here with you for the next two hours, 12 to 2 Eastern. We have Sean Guastamaki, as always, producing the show. And Joe, we're uh, we're ready for a new year. This is it. Last day, last show. And then uh, our show completely changes on 2000. No, I'm just kidding. It stays exactly right. <laughs> Nothing at all. We just keep doing the show every day for the rest of our lives. Yeah, so that's that's right. That's what we're going to do. Look, there's worse ways to, uh, to I would say, spend the last day of the year that's for sure talking sports with you and and you know what if if that if that's our lot in life that we get stuck together doing a show here talking baseball and football well that beats the hell out of uh playing for the Bengals and a lot of other teams out there so we're doing okay uh, i don't know if our jobs are as safe as jason garrett's i don't i don't know I, I keep kind of wondering i keep seeing these news things going back and forth with the cowboys and i keep laughing is he staying is he going what's happening with jason garrett uh, I don't know, man. I, I guess here's the analogy I was trying to think of one, and I know it's kind of based off the food and ingredients one. But if you were a you were a chef at a restaurant, and I was the owner of that restaurant, and I gave you all the best ingredients, the freshest fruits, the best meats, the Kobe beef, uh, I gave you the uh, the milk fed veal or whatever the hell those things are, the freshest herbs, blah 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 blah, and you still continue to cook mediocre food. At what point do I fire the chef? I guess that's my question. I think, isn't this the whole Bill Parcells thing? It, well, his Bill thing was, if you want me to cook the meal, you'll let me shop for the groceries. Right. It sounds very familiar, though. It, like well, that whole it's, little, it's a different version of that, but this is, I let, I'm let i going to shop for all these I mean, great... I mean, you, write, you, write a, you write a book and you're already plagiarizing in the last well, day of I, 2019. I, I already, I by the way, speaking of book, <clears throat> the Fantasy Baseball Black Book 2020 is now out there on Amazon, by the way, with a sexy new cover and lots of great uh, contributors. But I, I prefaced it by saying this is kind of like an old thing. It's based on the food thing, and I meant the Parcells thing. I did preface it. But don't you think that it's a little bit different of an idea that that was I'm saying you don't even have to go shopping, Craig. I'm saying I'm going to do like that, uh, like that peapod order or that thing where they like they bring the groceries to your house. And I just want you to go and cook a great meal and you still can't do it. Uh, at what point? What point do we blame him? I don't know. I'm just asking. We don't. And you know why? Because why? this is what life is. This is not just sports. This is life. This is the business that the guy who owns it Everyone's at the water cooler asking, why is this guy in charge of this and that? Oh, because he's he knows him. He's his family. He's something. Um, why did this guy get a job over me? Well, because he knew him and they were used to work together. This is unfortunately what life really is. Um, you know, Jerry Jones is uh, is the owner of a football team. It's his team and he gets to do whatever he wants. And for mm -hmm. better or for worse, whether they win or they lose, he's going to be happy 
because he it's his decision. And there's some people that run business in life that are content with that. And I believe, Joe, that he is one of them because clearly do you think he's content with that. Or do you think he's content with the control he has over Garrett Moore? It's not Garrett. It's just having control, period. Like, that's his thing. Like, he wants so his, to ha- So he'd have rather it. have a lackey than than actually win. I believe so. Wow. That's I, I I believe that he would rather he wants to win more than any owner in the league. But that's on his but but on his terms, it's got to be on his terms. He would rather um, lose on his terms than win on somebody else's terms. And that's been proven. I mean, it was proven with with Jimmy Johnson. He hired Barry Switzer, man. Like, think about that for a second. <laughs> well, that was that old Barry... Oklahoma roots thing and all that well, stuff. Well, that I well, understand. I, oh, you do? And that one? Well, I understand at the time Barry Switzer was. Well, let's let's not pretend like Barry Switzer at the time was not a very high profile college coach. He was. He, he should was have never man. been an NFL coach. He took you that are, thing over with all of Jimmy Johnson's right. players and drove it right into the ground in three years. But I think that was a little bit of um, well, he his friend. He wanted a guy first. he could control. I mean, it's the same thing with every single right. one of these deals. It, it was it was the same thing. Except for, I'll, I'll give you a great comparison here. On the other flip side, it didn't. It, Jerry Jones doesn't get exposed nearly as much as Al Davis. Al Davis did exactly the same thing: coach after coach, player after player, trade after trade. Except for he got exposed because Joe, they were horrible. They were one and fifteen, and two and fourteen, and three and thirteen, and four and twelve every year for ten years. To the point where, if, if the Cowboys were like that too, Jerry Jones, but they haven't been horrible. They've just and so they can continue to get away with this because every two or three weeks they show up and score 40 points. So no one screams yeah. and yells. That's the difference. The, I think Barry Switzer I mean, was a hubris hiring. I think that was, hey, I plucked a college coach and I made him a star, you know, because of all these players that we were able to get and all this stuff. I could do it and just just pluck another guy. And this guy I like even more than the other guy. He's another good old boy. And he did. And it didn't work out. Well, he did. Well, it he, and they got, you know, well, got Super Bowl out of it. But right. <laughs> you know. yeah. Well, that, that was it. He just basically had the coordinators running the show and, and Switzer was the head coach. And in Oakland... They had Art Shell 85 times. Every time they couldn't find a coach, they'd bring back Art Shell. I know you remember this. They had uh, Callahan because Gruden didn't want to stay. They couldn't. Gruden couldn't get along with Al Davis. They had Tom Cable as the coach, right? Oh they had, man, they, Tom! They, did he punch somebody? I think <laughs> so. They had they had Dennis Allen. No one ever remembers that he was the head coach of the Raiders at one time. Um, Jack Del Rio actually did a pretty good job as the Raiders uh, for a brief period of time. They he fired did. him too. And so now it's a little bit different because. Um, because his son, this son is not as nuts, but no, I mean, they just, just the they hairstyle just, is the hairstyle right. is terrifying. Mark, Mark Davis, but they just picked up and moved to Vegas. So that is kind of nuts too. And they brought back Gruden, and they've let Gruden have most of the control. But again, it's it's a very similar situation in life. In life, some people would rather have their decision fail than have somebody else's decision succeed. And I think that's what it comes down to. Wow, no, uh, you know. It might be. I, I mean, it's funny because it's such a weird dichotomy because of what Jerry Jones is, which is a guy who wants to win so much in that Steinbrenner mold of let's win, let's win, let's win. But Steinbrenner, another guy, too, who went through so many managers. I mean, how many times Billy Martin was manager of the Yankees? Like seven. Like, right. I, I'm not even exaggerating. Right. Wasn't it something close to that or something? Uh, I think so. So let's so let's say hypothetically okay. you put out the fantasy black book for the next three years. Right. Uh huh. And all of your all of your big hits end up like Todd Gurley. You fail like year after year after year, like the next three starting next year, year the three years in a row. All your analysts are horrible. They're coming up with the wrong picks. And somebody approaches you and says, man, you have such a good following. And so many people buy this book, Joe. I want to take over um, and still call it the fantasy black book. But you'll have nothing to do with it whatsoever. And you'll just get residuals from it. Would you do it? Let's see. No work. And if I'm making more money, I'll consider it. It's tough to give up your baby, though. Right. You know, so the only so difference it, is creating something out of thin air and just buying something, which right. is what Jerry and, and Jones then that, did. And then that Buy person it. takes over and then uh, has all kinds of success. And then they say, you know, well, listen, it, it is Joe's name on it, but he really has nothing to do with it. 
It's just, yeah, it's, it's, just it's, a, it's, it's an interesting analogy. I'll give you that. It's, a, it's an interesting conversation. <laughs> it's, it's not the same. I know. It's not the it same, though, because, you know, we're talking about, you know. Because you'd sit back and go, man, this guy is succeeding with my thing, and it's not me. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Here's the one thing I will say. Early on, years and years and years ago, I, I made it a point to solicit help from people in the fantasy football world that I felt, and even to the certain extent fantasy baseball world, that I thought were better than me to learn from. And and try to either pick their brains or ask them to contribute and things like that to make the product better. So I guess that's the answer, right? The answer is not giving up control. The answer is finding people that you respect and you can get out of your own personal way and your own ego and say, yeah, I'm really good at this. But that doesn't mean I'm the only person that's good at this. I'm not the only guy who knows how to run an NFL team just because I've had a lot of success doing it. Let me try to bring in some other people who know what they're doing in the NFL. And I guess that was the Parcells short-lived era. And that didn't work out either. Exactly. Just out yesterday. Right. So, exactly. so now we're at a complete loss. We've just wasted 10 minutes of your time. No, I, I think that's, 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 that's the point, is, I think, to a degree, is that I personally don't think that you could do it. I don't think you could. I don't think that you could stand having somebody else having, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jackie Jones's uh, black book. But you, but it was Joe Pizapia's, and now it's even way better than what it was, and it's amazing, and you have nothing to do with it. And are you, and you're sitting back, and yeah, you're getting paid. You're getting paid, Joe. Yeah, you're doing well off it, but it's not yours. It's not, it has nothing to do with you. It wasn't, it wasn't your success. I know you. You would not like it. it so I got to ask you, what before we get out, because I know we got to get out here. Tell me, is Jason Garrett the co- Cowboys coach next year in 2020? Of course not. Okay. All right. Of course just, not. Just, I don't think so either. So what there, is this? It's like a, a slow breakup. It's like that thing no, where you've been no, living with a girl forever. I, I'm waiting for the end. I'm waiting for the end to drop the whole reason on. I figured let's get a segment out of it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can't fire him until the first because there's something in his contract. I'm serious. That apparently that uh, that his contract actually runs out on the 31st and they don't want to okay. fire him. They want to let him walk. There you go. That's what I heard. Anyway. All right. So that is the uh, the beginning of our show today. Completely off tangent. But again, uh, different time of the year for sure. Coming up next is the opening drive on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First Play from Scrimmage The Opening Drive The first play of the game Of the opening play and all the way for a touchdown And good afternoon, it's the final opening drive of 2019 Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia. We've brought out all the stops for this final show to get wild here for our last show in 2019, which is not true. We're just doing the opening drive. So let's get started. First down, we'll start off with baseball. The Cincinnati Reds, Joe, signed Shogo Akiyama. You did your book too soon. You should have waited two more days. You could have had all this great information on Shogo Akiyama, who everyone has the wildest projections for. Some people say great. Some people say he's Aoki. I don't have no idea because I've never seen him play. But the Reds signed him to a three-year, $20 million deal, and he's going to bat at the top of the Reds lineup. Joe, your thoughts? Uh, Well, hitting at the top of the order is something I want to pay attention to in DFS. And uh, just so you know, 
he'll be added to the Black Book because that's the beauty of the Black Book, which is different than other publications. See, all that stuff that you buy in December that's already kind of outdated. No, 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 not the Black Book. Not only can we add him to the Black Book with a profile, and we will in the next so you're update. So you're going you're gonna to fly to my house and hand me a sheet of paper on this guy? No, I'll better. No, he's going to be in the RPV update when we do that, which when you get your cheat sheets for RPV for your five Come bucks. Come on, I'm waiting already. You get your RPV. It came out yesterday. What are you doing? I've been busy. It's the holidays. I need need it. 24 hours. Yeah, I'll I'll give it to you. I'll I'll be right there. I'll hand deliver it myself to you, my friend. Fly in. Uh, Meet me at the airport. (laughs) But anyway, uh, look, hitting at the top of the order is something you should pay attention to just from the run standpoint. I think the Cincinnati team is going to be a decent offensive team. We like the Moustakas addition to that lineup. That's been very good. Um, If he ends up being just Aoki, there's worse things in the world, right? I mean, Norioki wasn't the worst guy to have for a couple years. He had some moments. Right. Sure. I, I think the point is in this day and age of, and you see the money that's going around. If this is Ioki, it, it's not worth three years or twenty million. I guess. That well, that was the whole thing. The contract itself, the three years, it was kind of an odd one to me. But well, I guess Reds, that's how you entice the player to come over. That it's. I think it's just because the Reds. I think the rest of the teams, from what I understand, were doing two-year deals. But you know the Reds, man. They're in a tough spot. Like they're like kind of half in. So who gets squeezed, Senzel or Winker? Um, I'm more interested I, in the fallout of. This aren't we deal. missing? Are we missing another outfielder or no? Um, I'm trying. I feel like we're. <laughs> it's Senzel. It's Winker. It's um, it was Puig. So I guess you know, at one point he was there, but yeah, so uh, what, then he went what, to what, Cleveland. So what's your? So issue? he's not going to be that. So who, who, who are we missing? I feel like there's a third outfielder we're not thinking about. Is that it? Are we down to three? Is that we actually have three outfielders for the Reds? You got a little roster uh, resource well, there, check. buddy? What you got? Well, I'm checking here. It's great radio. You're checking. Right, you should know these things. You're Mr. Baseball. You're Craig Mitch. You should know the fourth the outfielder of the Reds right now. Oh, it's, okay. oh it's not. The, it's the third. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So my guess is this. Um, he is going yeah, Aquino. to have to arrest is Aquino. That's what I'm right. You know, the most, yeah, over, yeah. by the way, spoiler, the most overrated outfielder, uh, most popular choice by my team of writers for most overrated outfielder going into 2020 is arrest is Aquino. Yeah, <laughs> so. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. That's a possibility, of course, just like anybody else. But my guess is, is that he'll uh, split time with Winker. That, that would be my guess is that Senzel plays every day. Aquino plays every day until proven otherwise. And then Winker uh, for sure against lefties will sit. And I think um, and he's. I, I would guess that he's probably a 120 game player, Akiyama. That would be my guess. Well, look, I tell you, that's that's the most important thing to take out of this. If he is leading off, this is another one's guys. Watch him in the spring, see what he does, see how he hits major league pitching. If he's going to lead off, that's a huge deal, especially early on. You could always flip him if you want to take him late. And people don't know who he is. Uh, but I, this would be more of a DFS early play for me because those extra at bats really help out and. From the statistical profile, he's a high OBP guy, and I like that. So a guy who's going to hit the top of your order and get on base, that's a positive. Yeah. Um, Jesse Winker in 2019, and I'm, thank God I got this right because I thought I was like, oh my, I'm like, let me make sure that I remember this correctly. Yes. Uh, Jesse Winker didn't play at all, uh, Joe versus lefties, and went seven for 43 with no home runs when he did. So he is he is a just strict platoon guy. Now, I know most of the players in the big leagues are right handed, so that's fine. But he will have, I would say, a minimum of 350 plate appearances this year. I wouldn't worry about that. OK, uh, second down, let's move to the Redskins. It looks like Ron Rivera is the next head coach there. 
and Joe maybe even with some control, although, again, this is like the similar situation we talked about in the first segment, Daniel Snyder having a lot of control on the team. Uh, Bruce Allen is out. Ron Rivera looks like he's in. And clearly this is his pick, Joe, because he probably could have waited and gotten a job somewhere else, but something must have really enticed him to go to Washington. Yeah, well, I mean, getting rid of Bruce Allen, was it's definitely a plus. So if Ron Rivera is going to be given a lot of control over his organization, I think that's a good thing. I mean, they've had a, this is another one that's they just can't get it right. You know, Daniel Snyder had always been a guy who was kind of meddling in it. And then he stepped back and he handed things over and he, they still couldn't get anything right. So uh, of all the available coaches, I thought Ron Rivera was the strongest candidate for any place to take over and make them credible right away. I think Ron Rivera is a solid guy. He knows his football. He comes from a good lineage of coaches in terms of who he's worked under and played under. And I think that if you're looking to kind of get an organization right, he's the right guy. And I'm glad that the Redskins were aggressive. I don't know if there was a better NFL head coaching candidate out there. Uh, He's got a good track record of winning. Mike McCarthy's out there, too, still. But um, I don't know if he's as personable, media friendly, all these things as Ron Rivera is. So, I mean, in your opinion, is Ron Rivera the best head coaching candidate out there? Like, I think. It appears that way, yeah. I mean, he did a really good job. I look, look what happened when they let him go, Ron Rivera. They didn't win a game the rest of the year. So, no. um, yeah, I mean, it certainly could be. Uh, but I would also have to say that I think that he's got his work cut out for him. I don't think they're – I think the Redskins could be competitive in a lot of games with him. I don't know. Um, like, if you put the Redskins' win total and, – and, again, we don't know what they're going to do in the offseason, but I would guess that their season win total going into 2020, probably six, sounds about right. And I would yeah. say that that's, that probably sounds about what they'll win next year, maybe a little bit more. I don't see them, no matter who they bring in, as a 10-win team. But they were very competitive in the second half of the season, for sure. They were. Uh, Ohio, Ohio State will be without J.K. Dobbins next season. Their top running back leaves for the NFL draft. And Dobbins had a fantastic career. Um, a great running back with a lot of bursts. Someone who can even catch the ball a little bit, not as much as some of the others. But Joe, it looks like he is going to be in the uh, in the conversation for sleeper next year at running back. My guess is he goes probably in the second round in the NFL draft coming up soon. Yeah, that's where you tend to see these guys go more. Um, now, in terms of running back class, too, we'll see who else enters into it. But he broke Eddie George's Ohio State school record for most rushing yards in a season. Uh, if he didn't have an NFL career or anything close to Eddie George, I think we'd all be very happy with that. I think any team that drafted him would be very happy. Is there a guy right now in the NFL that he reminds you of if you had to say, He's this guy. He's an Aaron Jones kind of back, like, or he's a this kind of back. Is there somebody out there that you say profile-wise you remind you of? Yes, Mark Ingram. Oh, hey, I'll take that any day of the week. I mean, Mark Ingram, you know, Mark Ingram was really underappreciated in New Orleans, and he had a pretty good season this year, too. Uh, but I'll tell you what. I mean, uh, it was. I'm glad that that guy's in the playoffs again because he's a good dude who plays hard and dealt with some injury stuff, too. But he every year, you look up, there's the stats every year. So I'll take that. I think most teams in the second round will take a Mark Ingram. Yep. I kind of think that that's the way he profiled. All right. Finally, uh, New Year's resolutions for fantasy, Joe, in 2020. Got any? Um, hmm, that's a good one there. I, I think this year, uh, my New Year's resolution for fantasy baseball is to make sure that I am uh, not playing any leagues on Yahoo again. That was, it was a very good decision I made because I don't like the interface there. I don't like it. I'm also going to make sure that I say no when I get invited to these Roto 5 by 5 leagues for no money, like you say, where it's just like, hey, you want to come join this league? And I'm like, yeah, I do, because I want to draft it. It's fun, and I like the people. Yeah, I got no problem by, with that. <laughs> and then by Same July, though. I don't care. Uh, for fantasy football, it is uh, making sure that I am, uh, 
I think my 2020 resolution for fantasy football season is to make sure that I don't get tempted early with some of these great quarterback performances from 2019 and overdraft them in 2020 in single quarterback leagues. Superflex is one thing, but everyone's going to be all over Lamar Jackson. Everyone's going to be hyping up all the next guy and the next guy. There's plenty of good quarterbacks in a single quarterback league. Those are mine. How about you? You got any New Year's uh, fantasy resolutions? Uh, yeah, a couple uh, less leagues again, which is mm-hmm. the same thing that I've said now for high quality uh, less leagues. three or four years. Yes, less leagues, more money. That's that's the way that I uh, that I approach it. Uh, the more money that I found, I mean, people dispute this, and the, and it's funny the people that dispute it are the ones that are not playing for money that think that oh we're experts we'll have to you do. And the more money that's involved in the leagues, definitely the people are a lot more competitive. There's no question about it. Just take a look at the NF- NFBC. <laughs> Those people are the most competitive because they have five grand a pop involved in the league. I mean, that's the reason why they all play to the end. Either that or they have discretionary income where they don't care. There's actually, in the main event, there, um, uh, there is somebody in there that is like a billionaire that doesn't care and just plays for fun. Uh, that is true. But beyond that, more or less, these are people who really do care. And I think that that's uh, a big part of this. Say what you want. The more money you put in, the more you try to get out of it, no doubt. All right, that's the opening drive. Coming up next, top fantasy performers of the year, 2019. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Put your money where your mouth is and open up a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. It's a free bet of up to $500 when you open up a sports wagering account. FanDuel.com. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, in-game wagering, college and pro sports. You're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open up your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Also, remember to sign up with FanDuel. Eligibility restrictions apply. You have to be 21 and live in New Jersey. Uh, Another great year of fantasy, no doubt about that, Joe. And when you look at it, there certainly were some performers that went above the rest. Um, I I think that, look, it's very easy to look at the top guys like Christian McCaffrey, for sure. Mike Trout, for sure, no doubt. Um, You know, Kawhi Leonard, for sure, brought his team to an NBA championship, no doubt. I mean, those are great reality and fantasy performers. But I tend to look at it as some of the guys who gave you more value than you thought and kind of bump them up a little bit. And that's kind of the way that I look at fantasy. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a that's a good way, guys, who maybe you had expectations for and then they blew those expectations down. Um, that's always very exciting to see, especially because I feel like as a fantasy analyst or enthusiast, just just somebody who likes to play the game. If you've done your homework and you know certain guys are about to pop or certain guys are ready to take that next step. And then not only do they do that, but they become transcendent best players or first round kind of material. That's a very exciting thing because you feel like you were on the ground floor and that's fun. Like that's kind of the pride of fantasy. And I, and I love that. And that, and it's, you know, going back to that last segment, I used to love those pride leagues where you compete against people who are really smart, and really good, but it's just the season long Roto format that I can't hang with those two combinations of things. Head to head points. All right. I'm in. We could still do that for pride, uh, but I, I can't do it with the season long roto anymore personally. Yeah, and and I can. It's still no problem for me at all. It's just limiting the leagues. That's the key. And 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 again, if you 
didn't have kids and you didn't have other responsibilities, you'd feel differently about it. But as life changes, you have to change your approach and things. And that's that's part of what it is. If you had nothing to do except all day look at the waiver wire in a roto league and sit in your house and, and that was your job, you could do it. But well, having- that's why I hate those those transaction leagues where it's first come, first serve to you. That is the worst because that totally just favors someone else's lifestyle who sits at a desk all day or, like you said, doesn't have a family or kids or anything else going on where they're just, hey, you know, I, I basically I'm saying if you're a loser. But no, it's not even that. It's just lifestyle where you're just around a computer all day as opposed to someone who's not or who's someone who's working in another industry. It's just not fair. You run fab every night if you want to. You don't have any kind of first come, first serve waivers. That is death to a good league. Right. You know, I guess the point and that I agree with with you also. And in fact, I had um, an NL league that I ran for a long time that was first come, first serve. And um, I went to the league and said, hey, we're going to change this next year. A few people didn't want to do it and they left because they sit at their computers all day at work and they wanted to have that advantage. And I'm like, no. Well, what does Um, that tell you about them? That means that they weren't very good in the first place. They were just opportunistic. No, they they were good. They were good players, too. They just they were big baseball fans and they're always checking and always paying attention. And so it's just not. a Yeah, but you want to win on the best platform where everybody's in the same. You want to win on the same playing field. I don't think I just I don't think I agree. And I changed it, but I could see their point. And also, again, don't blame the league, Joe. I mean, look, this is your life changing and your life is not. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why it. I don't want to do those leagues. And that's and Yahoo right. is and a that's very fine. popular and place that, for that and, format. And that's, and that's why I get out of it. Right. And that's fine. And so I'm not going to blame Roto Leagues because I don't have time. Um, I mean, I, it's, the, it's the equivalent of me saying the NBA is not great anymore, which isn't true. The NBA still is great and is, by the way, more popular than baseball. But I just don't have the dedication and time to put into three leagues anymore. And so I'm down to do with the NBA and the NFL. And of course, betting and college basketball and college football. And like, I, I can still handle those, but I had to give something up because of my life. It's not that the NBA sucks. Right. It's just that's right part here. of it. Um, Ronald, Acuna, so I have Lamar Jackson as the top fantasy football performer of the year. I know that, uh, look, McCaffrey will get that billing because of the year he had, but everybody knew that and he was the top pick in the draft. So I, I kind of have some qualifiers, I guess. And I put Lamar Jackson as the top guy. Well, I mean, I think by the standard that you've set forth, which is, who was a guy that you thought was very good and then you felt like, you know, became the guy. I mean, Lamar Jackson won a lot of people, a lot of leagues, I'm sure. Um, and anyone who was playing in week 17, I'm sure he lost a lot of leagues for people at the very end. Cause it's stupid. You shouldn't be playing week 17, but Lamar Jackson. I mean, I, I do the quarterbacks every year for the black book. That's my section. And I got to tell you, man, I, I couldn't have been higher on this guy and he blew my expectations out of the water. I thought he, him and Josh Allen would be very good QB ones somewhere in that, you know, fifth, sixth overall range. I didn't think we'd get to where we got to. And part of it was because Harbaugh's ability to create an offense that was going to be tailor-made for him. And my goodness, when you look at how efficient he was with the football, not just running the football, but also throwing the football, the passing touchdowns, limiting the turnovers. It was incredible gear for Lamar. I think that he was transcendent. He changed a lot of the way that we look about uh, fantasy football. And no doubt him rushing the ball, throwing the ball, created a player that was just one that you didn't want to see play against you every single week. Uh, In baseball, Trout was the guy, but Acuna, Joe, came really close to a 40-40 season. And uh, there's a lot of predictions out there that say that he's going to go for that again this year. Of course he will. If he hadn't gotten hurt at the end of the year, he probably would have gotten it. And this is going back to the old Ricky Henderson, Eric Davis, uh, Alfonso Soriano, Jose Canseco type guys. You know, he had that kind of year. And as long as we're still counting stolen bases, I put Acuna as the top fantasy performer of the year in baseball. He's number one in the black book for Roto Leagues. He is. And uh, and that's why he's not number one in points leagues, though, because of the 188 strikeouts. 
because in most points leagues, that's a negative, but it is hard to deny a 40, 40 player being one overall in, in Roto. And I mean, it's a phenomenal skill set. When you realize the guy's just turning 22 this year, my goodness. And like most players, eventually as he gets into his later twenties, the stolen bases will fade away probably a little bit. Uh, stolen bases are down just generally speaking, but if you can get a player like this 40, 40 type, or even like, Let's just settle for 30-30. I think everyone would be very pleased for that. Uh, Ronald Acuna is an extraordinary talent. And it's funny because the year before, in 2018, his rookie season, he got hurt. And a lot of people soured. A lot of people who even hyped up on him and excited, people dropped him in leagues. People got all frustrated. And then he came back and he had a fantastic run after that. So this guy is all world. All the hype was real. And what an exciting time in Major League Baseball. We have guys like this. You have guys like Alvarez, Alonzo, incredible. You have all these kids on the White Sox coming up at the same time. It is an exciting time for Major League Baseball, and I hope that Major League Baseball does a good job of featuring these guys going forward because this is something you can build on, this energy. All right, in uh, in basketball, uh, I got Giannis as the guy at the top here. I think the Bucks are clearly at this point, Joe, the, the guard has changed, and with the Warriors no longer a factor, um, actually a team in the Eastern Conference has a chance to win the title, and how, how much have we said that over the last decade? We had uh, it basically, I think the only East champions were outside of LeBron was Toronto, right? It was pretty much uh, LeBron with Cleveland, LeBron, LeBron with Miami. <laughs> that yeah, pretty much that's it? Pretty, pretty much. It's LeBron, wherever LeBron was versus the Warriors. That was kind of the, uh, <laughs> I guess, you know, you can make that case. But uh, yeah, I love Giannis. Uh, Giannis is a fascinating guy, too. What a story he has. Um, I think a year or two ago, I think it was uh, CBS did a profile about him and it was incredible i mean how he came to the game and and his transition into it and how he's embraced the city um yeah i mean he's he's my favorite guy out there so i'm glad you put him on the list because he's a phenomenal talent and uh it's great to see great people and great talents all kind of coming around there and i I said january this is my time here is a downtime i don't care about college basketball i'm gonna do my best to uh watch a little nba there maybe it's a little sunday afternoon nba doubleheader on maybe i'll have to uh check it out maybe watch a little Giannis. You said it may be six times right there. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Pretty, right. pretty good. Golf. Uh, Rory McIlroy had the best year for anybody on the tour. He won the PGA, uh, the Players' Championship, excuse me. He won the World Golf Championship. So let's throw him in there. Uh, Oklahoma State's running back, uh, Chuba Hubbard, who doesn't look like he's coming out. Looks like he's going to go back another year to Oklahoma State, and he'll be the top running back taken in two years for sure. First-round pick. Uh, 2,094 yards, 21 touchdowns for OK State, even with their without their quarterback, Spencer Sanders, at the end of the season, he did really good. Uh, Jay Morant, who lit everybody up in the NCAA tournament last year, is now doing it in the NBA, amazingly. 24.5 points a game in college. He's my college basketball fantasy guy from last year. Uh, in terms of um, um, uh, car racing, Kyle Busch ended up winning the Cup Series championship which is a big story for him. And then in hockey, Kikita Kucherov for Tampa Bay scored 128 points last year. So those are more or less the top fantasy performers that I have. I'm sure I'm forgetting some guys and get blown up on Twitter. Hey, how did you forget about this guy? Yeah, that's, that's part of the game here. And, and, and honestly, I know a lot of people are doing this whole decade thing and certainly totally respect that as well. And we'll discuss that a little bit later in the show. But I just wanted to take a look back at this year and, and uh, throw those guys out there. Anybody that... Would you like to throw out there maybe somebody that you liked or helped you? Well, you didn't do any curling stuff. I like curling. Nope, I don't have a curling. Uh, We didn't do any wrestling either. Well, uh, come on. I mean, you know. I'll I'll put the wrestling athlete over a lot of these other quote-unquote athletes, that's for sure. Um, But if I'm going to give one for the uh, the big public wrestling fans out there, I think uh, 2019 was the year of Adam Cole. I really do. He had some fantastic matches with Johnny Gargano. 
um, really brought the NXT profile up from the third thing to basically uh, an even show with the others on the WWE network. And uh, now they're beating AEW in the ratings on a weekly basis for the last couple of weeks. So uh, I think it's about the undisputed era and Adam Cole, and I'm going to put them in athletes. Now, granted, it's not fantasy, but who cares? It's fun. And a lot of people like wrestling like me who like a lot of other sports. So there you go. And you ended up going, I saw, to uh, which, which event did you go to last week? Uh, every Christmas, day after Christmas, uh, WWE does the Garden Christmas Holiday Sp- Action Spectacular at Madison Square Garden, which is their building. And they always put on a great show, and they do. And this is our third year in a row going. Uh, my girls and I have been to SummerSlam and Barclays. We've been to NXT. We've been to house shows. We've been everywhere. And uh, it's nice. It's kind of a fun thing. You know, the next day after Christmas, everyone plays with their toys. They hang out. We go into the city. We watch wrestling. We eat some cotton candy and some hot dogs and some pretzels and uh, and have some some fun. And uh, we made the Jumbotron. We're famous now. So my kids were very enthralled with that concept that they, their picture made the Jumbotron. All right. Well, congratulations, Joe. Um, yeah. It's I mean, to have I, traditions. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I, I used to be, like I said, I used to be a very big wrestling guy. But um, it's changed quite a bit over yeah. the last couple of years. Let me tell you, the, the athleticism. Well, a couple, I mean. 10, 10 years is, is but even, I mean, even I left the last a five long years, time ago. But even the last five years, the athleticism, what's going on right now is just off the chart. The pace in which they work, everything is just fantastic. So, you know, I don't know if I'll get you back into wrestling in 2020, but we'll see. Yeah, Maybe you'll watch more wrestling that's than a, uh, NBA. Who knows? Well, look, uh, no, probably not. <laughs> it, it would have to require my you know my son who doesn't even know it exists basically would have you to gotta expose to kids to this yesterday you know what i did with my girls we spent the day watching uh we saw the, a couple marvel movies and then you know a couple days before that we went to wrestling it's what you show your kids and what they end up liking and stuff you gotta you gotta try to expose them more to a couple of these things i tell you guardians of the galaxy new year's day you and your son you sit down you watch that movie everybody loves it all right there you go uh parenting advice from joe pizapia wrestling and guardians of the galaxy okay yeah good times well, <laughs> All right, we got to take a time out. Come. Joe's kids turn into a uh, Florida man or woman, hopefully not, in uh, 10, 15, 20 years. We've got some stories to cap off the season, a long list of idiots here in Florida. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports today. It's time for our final Florida Man segment here of 2019. Craig Bitch, Joe Pizzapia back with you here on the show. The wackiest stories that happened in the state of Florida, Joe. And uh, how does it feel to come to an end here in 2019? What were your thoughts on doing this segment? Well, my thoughts were Florida is a wacky place. I was equal parts entertained and terrified at some of these stories that have come across in this last uh Oh, I don't know, five, six months or so that we've been doing this together with the Florida man. And it, the most disturbing thing, perhaps, is the well that never seems to dry up for them. We're like, oh, yeah, every Tuesday yeah. we're going to do Florida man. And there's like six of them in the show. Sheet here. And I, I don't know if that's the most terrifying thing or what, but it's certainly, uh, certainly close to it. That's for sure. All right. So let's get started here. Story number one. And uh, here on this Tuesday, 
All right, uh, Robert Wayne Miller, 57-year-old of Zephyr Hills, Florida, which is about 30 miles northeast of Tampa, was released from custody Friday following a Sunday morning arrest that left him behind bars for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. What did he do? He was hit with two misdemeanor charges for disorderly conduct and resisting an officer. They approached him at night this week when he was in the midst of a very loud lawn mowing experience and told him that he would be arrested for uh, disturbing the peace if he continued. Uh, in the clip, the deputy tells the man that his mower was very loud from three houses away and authorities have been contacted and multiple neighbors are fed up. They cannot take him l- uh, mowing his lawn very late at night. Deputies threaten to charge him with additional offenses and uh, and they stayed on the man every night. There was a neighbor that said he's constantly waking people up at all hours of the night getting that mower going. And uh, also he failed to acquire an order of protection against Miller saying the man's previous arrest haven't done much to stop him. So this is a man with a mowing addiction, Joe. Yeah, a very uh, a very strange thing here. I-, I was scrolling and I accidentally scrolled to the bottom, and I thought for a second that was the guy's mugshot, but it's not. It's the craziest mugshots. But on, did you see the mugshot by the way at the bottom of this page? Terrifying. Yeah, come on, but Joe. Anyway, stay, on, stay on track. Here. Stay I'm trying. I'm trying to, but you know what? There's so many disturbing things you're throwing at me, and it's early still. Uh, but I understand in Florida it's very hot and humid, and I can understand wanting to mow your lawn in the evening time. That I get. But I think there's a difference between mowing your lawn at seven o'clock in the evening where people you know it's fine sun's going down that's good but i mean who mows their lawn at like one in the morning i, I mean that's that's kind of crazy to me you live in a, in a community area so you don't mow your own lawn right they they mow it for you you pay the people correct mm-hmm. all right so you pay the association if you had your own lawn let's say would you be somebody who would be an early lawnmower or a, a late evening lawnmower or middle yeah, of the night guy i definitely would be neither but if it had to be it would be um it would be in the morning, of course. The week, like I feel like uh, mowing lawns is meant for Sunday morning or Saturday morning, isn't it? Uh, you would think. I mean, normally people do that. Like my my next door neighbor, he usually mows his lawn in the evenings in the summertime, which which makes sense. But he doesn't do it late at night. He's it's like seven thirty. You know, it's like the sun's going down eight o'clock. It's you still a little bright out. He goes out, he mows the lawn. I get that. But and it's, I, I mean, come on at night. And what kind of lawnmower has this guy got that is so damn loud that like five That's houses true, down too. the road? It must be an here. old school one. You know, he doesn't want he's one of those guys that has the old lawnmower doesn't want to like get that rid of it. horror movie, The Lawnmower Man. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that goes back. Classic. Yeah. Um, remind me to ask you about something else I just saw. OK. All right. Uh, OK. Uh, story number two. Disturbing thing I saw on video uh, over the weekend. Oh, good. I can't wait to hear about that. Okay. A Florida man wanted on several charges was arrested Thursday night. This is last week, I suppose. As deputies found him live streaming on Instagram. What a smart guy. They arrested this guy, Kevin, after the crime suppression team developed information about the vehicle he was driving and the deputy spotted a vehicle. They said that he was live streaming on Instagram inside his home at the time. A deputy then pointed a spotlight to a window, which could be seen in the video before it abruptly ended. How about that? Deputies at Deland police surrounded the house. He was taken into custody during a search. They found firearms. Um, They also found another vehicle. He was charged with uh, possession of a firearm along with grand theft, criminal mischief, yada, 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 etc. So another one of these guys, Joe, that they think it's so cool to be live streaming. And then the next day they're uh, basically uh, streaming from prison. Yeah, I don't get that, man. It's just the, it's just awful. You got I mean, away I'm with surprised. it. Get away with it, right? I know. Yeah, nobody knows how to hide. You know why? Because we're in this culture now where everybody has to run everything up the flagpole. Look what I'm doing right now. Uh, I'm eating a can of soup. Uh, I'm tying my shoes. Look at me. Look at what I'm doing. I got a live stream. Everybody cares about my life. No, they don't. Nobody cares. 
Um, I'm surprised they didn't find a sword because that seems to be the going rate in certain oh, parts yeah, of Florida. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that was part of it, but uh, I love this. I love when people get caught. It's funny. I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine that you couldn't make Die Hard nowadays because as soon as you came to try to, you know, get all the hostages together, everybody's got a cell phone and they're texting 911 and they're, you know, they're doing all these things. It's impossible. Now, the technology makes it much harder to be a criminal now. But then you get a criminal like this idiot who gets away with it, and then he basically gives everybody his own evidence. It's just idiotic. So Fantastic, yeah. All right, here's our third story. Florida man arrested Sunday over reports that he allegedly shot at his co-worker's mom last month because of a sandwich order. His name is Destin, 18 years old, charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon for the November 30th shooting at his home near uh, Green Acres. According to the report, uh, Garcia and a co-worker were working at a subway inside the Palm Springs Walmart where promotion for a free sandwich was being offered to store employees. He allegedly told police he became upset with his co-worker when she made a rap for a Walmart manager and ignored him. When he told her she needed to pay the difference since the promotion was for subs only, the following day around 9 a.m., he regularly went to the co-worker's home, shoved the mother, refused to leave when asked by the home uh, owner. And that's when he took out a gun, fired it at the woman, missing her police, uh, missing it, and police said that he took off but he was found a couple of weeks later. You just don't mess with a man's sandwich, Joe. I no, mean, I don't know how many times you've learned this before. This they is- call it the sandwich arts for a reason, Craig Mish. Okay? There's integrity in sandwich making. All right? This is a serious business here. Now, I'm going to ask you a serious question. What's the Craig Mish go-to sandwich? Because I think that's what everybody really wants to know. You know, they have a really good uh, hoagie place here in South Florida. It's called uh, Las Patas. I don't mind giving them a free, uh, free pub for this. It is located about a block away from where the Miami Dolphins train, and they have a couple different spots, but that's the main one. And so usually the Dol- the Dolphins team is always in there, and it's like an open-faced uh, hoagie. So they have what's called the Monster. They have uh, the Mama La Spada. They have, they have this whole hoagie. So that's interesting. So you just like... So you don't you can't actually hold it like a thing. You can like you can try and close it, but it's not going to be easy. Like it's just right. basically that big. If you if you Google, you look at it. But that's that's usually the go to. But the unfortunate part about it is, is that it, the fortunate and unfortunate. The fortunate is that it's near my kid's school also, because where my kids go to school, that's where the Miami Dolphins train. That's where their facility is. So I get to eat there once a week during the school year. But when the school year is out and if they're not in camp there, uh, it's it's a 30 minute drive basically to go to my kid's school. So I don't I don't go at all. But that's without a doubt the um, the quote sub. But it is a hoagie shop and the line is always like super long. No matter when, you know, you're always waiting 10 minutes like you're never walking in there and just getting sub. It doesn't exist. I don't want a tomato on my sandwich. I don't I don't like it. I like things you can make out of a tomato, but I don't like raw tomatoes anywhere near my sandwich. I, I think it's gross. I don't know. You like a you like a tomato on your sandwich? I think it's yeah, yeah disgusting. Yes. yes, lettuce, tomato, oil, vinegar. You're like sure. the whole nine yards. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Oil and vinegar. I came to later in life. I didn't like that when I was a kid, but in my in my older days, I'm more refined. So now I like the oil and vinegar on the sub. That's okay. that's a good thing. All right, these are important things. All right. All right, very. We are both Florida men. All right, here we go. <laughs> Vero Beach, Vero Beach, two hours from me. Florida man accused of attacking. His former employee with a nail-spiked baseball bat in mid-December. A man of Vero Beach arrested Wednesday charged with one count of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, one count of armed trespass, according to Indian River County Sheriff's Office arrest, $35,000 bail. Uh, The man was wounded in December when his former employee shot him. The man who fired the gun said he shot in self-defense. The victim said he then heard a loud bang on the door. 
According to the detective, the man stood outside the door wearing a mask and a hood holding a baseball bat approximately three feet long, ten long metal nails sticking out different angles. Uh, he had been banned from the property, was issued a trespass warrant. The uh, owner asked the man to leave several times before opening up the door slightly, firing a gun at the ground. Uh, asked him to leave several times. After a struggle in the doorway, the man swung the bat, fired the gun a third time next to his leg, and the man said he was uh, just joking, and he came to uh, thank his uh, former employee, of course, which was definitely not the case. Um, this reminds me of The Walking Dead a little bit here, Joe, the guy who had that uh, the barbed wire bat. Yeah, yeah, Lucille, I think, was uh, the name. Uh, yeah, Negan was the guy's name. Yes, yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, fine actor, very good in The Watchmen, by the way. Yeah, my w- one of my favorite shows of all time. I would say The Walking Dead, as great as it was, was as bad as it has become. That's what I hear. That's why I've never watched it because I heard everybody. I was going to go back and watch them, and then everyone's like, "No, it's so bad. It gets so bad. You're going to be so mad that you invest all that time. It all kind of crapped out." But no, there's just there's one there's a point in the series where you can stop. Okay, very without a doubt, very easily. Like I think it is the ninth year, or or what, 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 basically when the main character here it is when the main character is written off the show, which is what happened. Mm-hmm. You just find that and stop right at okay. that point. Yeah, that's and, fair. And, I, and, and by the way, that that final season wasn't good, but you can get through it. It's, it's okay. It's, it's a, but the first five six years are just fantastic. Well, I heard this guy with the baseball bat actually with the nails and it got signed by the Marlins though because I know they're definitely looking for some oh, organizational so depth. Funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> Craig Mish reports a guy with 10 nails in back gets signed by the Marlins utility infielder. Oh, Joe's full of jokes. Here we go. <laughs> here's here's our uh, next one. When deputies uh, got Hunter uh, Thomas booked into the Naples jail center, they said he began punching a concrete wall. According to a arrest report from the Miami Herald, it wasn't his first punch of the night. Deputies said gas pumps first caught the brunt of his fist, followed by an equipment inside a drive-through car wash. By the time deputies arrived, he had already thrown hands at a nearby tree. They found him sitting at a curb smoking a cigarette outside his car with the doors open. Inside the car, they found his girlfriend. Deputies said he'd gotten into a heated argument with his girlfriend that caused him so much anger he took it out on the pumps, the car wash, the tree. Of course, he'd been drinking. He allegedly told them that he and his girlfriend were drinking at a Christmas party earlier in the evening. He was handcuffed after allegedly shouting over another deputy trying to question the woman. But when she was finally able to speak with authorities, deputies said that, uh, yeah, they confirmed the story. He bonded out of jail. He has a court date for a couple of weeks from now. And so uh, no doubt an alcohol related story, Joe. But, uh, <laughs> you know, punching a car wash, that's that's a new one for us here. It is. It is. Uh, the, the guy's mugshot has a, has a real kind of... Um, after school special vibe about it like he looks like the guy in the episode of oh he's the clean cut whatever and then he gets a couple of drinks at the high school party and he becomes a madman and he becomes out of control he definitely has that kind of a vibe to him but punching a tree that doesn't seem like a good time that seems like it hurts and punching concrete i mean that's just idiotic i mean i assume the man's broken his hand right i mean how do you how do you punch concrete more than once i guess that's the question good question joe i don't know there's no there's no medical update on the hand here if you like we can follow up on that he's day to day i'd like i'd like to get a medical update i want to know when he's available as well okay all right now joe always clamors for the florida women so every week i try and find one if i can we got one here 2019 for one more day you know we've got to we've got to spread it around here you know all right so here we go we end with this a uh, sheriff's deputy in Florida used a stun gun on a woman on her 70th birthday <laughs> after she refused to let them inside her home to look for her grandson. A woman in Bradenton, which is in Manatee County, which I used to live about 40 minutes from there in Sarasota, it's where the Pirates play, 
uh, was then arrested for a felony battery on a law enforcement officer and obstructing justice. It all happened in the morning, day after Christmas, when officers came knocking 7.30 a.m. Quote, we heard a knock on the door. Actually, there wasn't a knock. I think they kicked in the door. Bam, bam, at the door, she said. Uh, the grandson was wanted for carrying a concealed firearm. Uh, the grandmother said her grandson didn't live there, refused to let the officers inside without a search warrant, but the officers explained we don't need one because they have an arrest warrant. Uh, he was on probation. We gave He gave the wrong address. He's not even living there. But when the grandma continued to refuse to let the officers inside, they warned her, hey, you're going to be arrested. She still resisted. Then an officer tased the woman not once, not twice, but three times. Uh, they used a stun gun against her body rather than firing probes. One officer then used his knee to hold the 70-year-old grandma down. It was all filmed by the granddaughter-in-law, and she's all bruised up. Uh, the sheriff's office wrote an affidavit that... Uh, that he may have been inside but escaped during the chaos. So you never want to see grandma get tased, Joe. That's Don't mess with my grandbaby. I'm going to protect my grandbaby. Well, let me tell you, this woman looks like she's tough enough that she could take, uh, it would take a couple tasers to bring her down. Well, three times, my gosh. Three times, yeah. I mean, once, I think you and I would be like, all right, I get the point. I'm down. But once, I'm, I'm like, done. Just give me a coffee. That's fine. I've already peed myself now that you tased me. Thanks. Now I, I mean, you're three times. Jeez. Uh, but uh, that's, that's the grandmother's love. That's what it is. By the way, Craig, an hour two. I have something very important to share with you that I forgot to share with you over the holidays. And uh, we did a show yesterday. And I forgot to share it with you. And it's big news. It's something that's been a 2019 theme of our show. Oh, okay. I look forward to that. Um, yeah, we have one more minute left. This is what I wanted to bring up. Speaking of disturbing. Oh, good. Um, yeah. Did you did you hear about or did you see the Netflix documentary? Have you heard about this? The Don't F with Cats. Have you heard about it at all? Like the movie Cats? Or, okay, so or you have no idea what I'm talking no. about. All right. Okay. okay. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Uh, if, if well, first of all, I want to be very clear here. If you're looking, if you're looking for the most disturbing thing that you've ever seen, then go, do yourself a favor, Google this and watch it. And if you are uh, turned off by disturbing things, do not watch it for one. Well, second. You know, are we talking cats, like actual cats here? Did you just hear what I said? Let me repeat this without giving anything away to everybody who's listening. Don't f with cats is the name of the documentary. All right, you got me. That's I, it. I just I'm hope not, it's not like it's not like David, right? It's not a documentary like our boss is a serial killer, right? Okay, I, I am not. Oh no, <laughs> you're terrible. Seriously, this is your last show. <laughs> Thank well, you so much. Joe. Thank you guys. It's been a fun time. You had a great run, man. You had a great run. Yeah, Seriously, you are the you are definitely ending Florida, man, with a Florida for sure. <laughs> I I don't like disturbing things. So C A T S, Joe. C A T S. Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm not gonna watch it. So after the show, I'll Google it. Look I what told it is. Howard Bender about it, and he's very upset that I even told him. Because he's watched it? No, because he like watched the trailer and was like, "Why would you even tell me about that? It's terrible." So, and you've watched this? I watched it. I watched all. Yeah, the two. There was two episodes an hour piece. I did. It was. It was fascinating. It was. It was the best documentary that I've seen, but very disturbing. Very disturbing. All wow. right, that'll do it for the first hour of the show. The best of coming up next, and then we're going to dive into some more football and baseball talk. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. Let's move to the Redskins. It looks like Ron Rivera is the next head coach there. And Joe, maybe even with some control, although, again, this is like the similar situation we talked about in the first segment. Daniel Snyder having a lot of control on the team. Uh, Bruce Allen is out. Ron Rivera looks like he's in. And clearly this is his pick, Joe, because he probably could have waited and gotten a job somewhere else. But something must have really enticed him to go to Washington. Yeah, well, I mean, getting rid of Bruce Allen was it's definitely a plus. So if Ron Rivera is going to be given a lot of control over his organization, I think that's a good thing. I mean, they've had a, this is another one that's they just can't get it right. You know, Daniel Snyder had always been a guy who was kind of meddling in it. And then he stepped back and he handed things over and he, they still couldn't get anything right. So uh, of all the available coaches, I thought Ron Rivera was the strongest candidate for any place to take over and make them credible right away. I think Ron Rivera is a solid guy. He knows his football. He comes from a good lineage of coaches in terms of who he's worked under and played under. And I think that if you're looking to kind of get an organization right, he's the right guy. And I'm glad that the Redskins were aggressive. I don't know if there was a better NFL head coaching candidate out there. Uh, he's got a good track record of winning. Mike McCarthy's out there too still, but um, I don't know if he's as personable, media friendly, all these things as Ron Rivera is. So, I mean, in your opinion, is Ron Rivera the best head coaching candidate out there? Like I think it appears that way. Yeah. I mean, he did a really good job. I look, look what happened when they let him go. Ron Rivera they didn't win a game the rest of the year. So, no. Um, yeah, I mean, it certainly could be, uh, but I would also have to say that I think that he's got his work cut out for him. I don't think there, I think the Redskins could be competitive in a lot of games with him. I don't know. Um, like if you put the Redskins win total and, and again, we don't know what they're going to do in the off season, but I would guess that their season win total going into 2020, probably six sounds about right. And I would yeah. say that that's that probably sounds about what they'll win next year. Maybe a little bit more. I don't see them no matter who they bring in as a 10 win team, but they were very competitive in the second half of the season for sure. They were, uh, Ohio, Ohio state. We'll be without J.K. Dobbins next season. Their top running back leaves for the NFL draft. And Dobbins had a fantastic career. Um, a great running back with a lot of bursts. Someone who can even catch the ball a little bit. Not as much as some of the others. But Joe, it looks like he is going to be in the uh, in the conversation for sleeper next year at running back. My guess is he goes probably in the second round in the NFL draft coming up soon. Yeah, that's where you tend to see these guys go more. Um, now, in terms of running back class, too, we'll see who else enters into it. But he broke Eddie George's Ohio State school record for most rushing yards in a season. Uh, if you could have an NFL career or anything close to Eddie George, I think we'd all be very happy with that. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today. Hour number two, if you're listening live or if you're listening on demand, this is FNTSY Radio, Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today.